0: Isaiah 53, I want to jump into some things with you pretty quickly here because, uh, you know, it's already 7.15 or beyond. And uh, so we want to uh, utilize our time effectively tonight uh, and and get as much covered as we possibly can. Praise the Lord. Now, we, we were using this morning our passport. Praise God. Our passport. Redemption. Your passport to freedom. Remember, we talked about that. And on the passport it says, in English at the top, I'm not sure about these other languages, but the Secretary of State of the United States of America hereby request all whom it may concern to permit the citizen national, or the national citizen of the United States named herein, that'd be me, to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need to give all lawful, and, all lawful aid and protection. So you know you're redeemed. You need you need to understand you're from another world now, and that's over. You're a redeemed person means you're delivered or free from the things of the devil. Now you're going to be challenged in every area, but we're still saying that we have a right for our freedom, for those areas that are challenged not to have inroads into us, not be able to come in just do whatever the devil wants. Because now that Jesus is raised from the dead, as 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 we know it now, the devil's defeated hallelujah as far as we're concerned he's defeated how many are listening to me so let's let's look here at isaiah 53 i'm going to read first of all from the king james bible uh verse 4 through 6 and 10 and 11 says uh surely he hath borne our sicknesses and diseases in the hebrew there and carried our pains yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of god and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, whatever it took to give us peace, he took it in our place. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Then verse 10 and 11, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, Uh, he hath made him he hath put him to grief literally he has uh, made him sick when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand he shall see the travail of his soul that's Jesus' soul not the travail of your soul now you could travail in the spirit; that's a whole different operation than what this is talking about. This is talking about what Jesus dealt with in his his uh, soulish area and his spirit there, in the fact that he took our place. Verse eleven: He shall see; God shall see the travail of Jesus' soul, and shall be satisfied. Man, you need to get a hold of that. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant, that is Jesus, justify or make right many, or we would say all that who will receive it, for he shall bear their iniquities. Now, in the Amplified Bible, it says here, He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. See, he's not he's what Jesus took and what Jesus did, all the claims of justice that should have been fall to us he took them and God is satisfied in what Jesus did for us so that we don't have to bear the things that that he bore for us he's satisfied we talked about this morning I'm not turning there Romans 4 it said he made us acquitted and God made us acquitted through Jesus and absolved us of all guilt we would say he removed from us all the guilt of everything what would your life be like if you didn't have any guilt see you should be walking in this we should be walking in the fact that we're not guilty anymore now if you're walking around sinning all the time and disobedient to God then you then you're going to have condemnation not from the God but your own heart will condemn you from God's standpoint he's saying you're already acquitted but you can't live contrary to that walk in darkness And then claim that you're right when you're walking in darkness. How many understand that's what 1 John chapter 1 is all about. I'm not going over there either. But he says, that person who says I'm right and doesn't live right, he's a liar. The truth isn't in him. Then it goes on to say, so if you're not right, confess your sins. Talking about a believer now, not the unbeliever. The believer, confess that. I'm wrong in that. The way I'm thinking, the way I'm doing, whatever. I'm permitting, I was wrong. I repent, I'm turned from that. I'm sorry. Then it says, you get restored to right standing. And He will cleanse you and me. Let's take advantage of what's available. There's no reason for believers to live their life under guilt all the time. Fix your prayer life. This This is why people don't confess anything. Now, I'm not being mean. Just listen to me. Don't get offended. You'll say anything I tell you to say practically from the front when you're with me. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you get up on Tuesday morning or Wednesday night and things just don't look as great as they did while I'm teaching it and I'm not in your living room teaching you unless you buy the tapes and that'd be smart to do and get, be preaching in your home a little more my grandson spent the night at somebody's home recently and they said well that's, Paul, that's a grandpa preaching yeah they were listening to me at night when they go to bed hey praise God somebody got a clue if what we're preaching helps you then keep it going And I'm not being smart. I'm just saying, see, the guilt, if we feel guilty, you won't open your mouth and say what you need to say sometimes. It'll throttle you back. Or if you run with people that don't believe in confession or make fun of the faith message, make fun of the things that we teach, then you don't feel such liberty to say what you need to say. But you need to to be talking and saying right now. So, anyway, let's go to 1 John chapter 3. I'm talking about your redemption. I'm talking about your redemption, my redemption. The reason we needed to be redeemed is the fact that God created Adam in his own image and gave him lordship and dominion and ability and power, and Adam gave that to the devil. You see, if Jesus, if you understand God, rather, that he is a man, he's not a man that he should lie, but what he says is what I wanted to say he has integrity and if he said Adam I'm I'm giving you the lordship here go and have dominion then he didn't say go and have dominion but I'm going to keep your back why would he need to if he gave him the dominion see he gave him the dominion to stand with him if he used his dominion right but when he turned around and submitted to the devil he had the right to give that dominion away and God couldn't come in and say hey hold it that that ain't going to work here don't you know this is the Garden of Eden? <laughs> no, he couldn't do that because he'd already gave Adam the dominion. Yes, I'm, I'm going to say it politely, God. Say, I'm giving you dominion, hands off. Yes, do what you want with it. Be careful, big boy. Hot shot. Better guard your garden. Yes, Before I take my hands off, I want to give you a clue. There's a predator coming. Go for it, baby. He didn't pay attention. Predator came... Took him out, took his wife out Took them both out of that situation they, got, they were driven out and the angel placed there, you're not getting back in Man, that's some rough stuff But that's the way it went down And it went down there because of Adam I showed you this morning in Romans Through one man Not one God, not one devil One man, one man, one man I got to get that into you. You're a man. You have authority. Adam had it. He gave it away. Jesus came, got it back, gave it back to you. <laughs> and this is why we got to let Jesus, though born of a virgin, yes, the blood that ran in his veins was God's blood, but the seed that put it in there was God, and he became a man. He had a body. <laughs> he is flesh and blood and bone he was a man he lived like a man anointed man nonetheless but still a man in this planet and of course he lived his life without sin which like the first Adam had failed through temptation the second Adam didn't fail you know people want to get you know I don't understand some people but anyway praise the Lord you know somebody relatives are sat in my living room try to challenge me about what I know about theology you know, about, well, you know, I don't know what it was. Some one of those uh, weird books about Jesus and having babies and all weird stuff. I said, what's the matter with you? And I gave him a couple of scriptures and he wanted to argue about it. And I said, I'm not going to argue with you. You know. And he got saved. <laughs> and, he, and he called me up. <laughs> and he said, you know, I was wrong. I said, no kidding. Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't rub it in. And I just said, "Praise God!" I started crying with him over the phone. Said, "Praise God! I'm so glad you're going to heaven with us." <laughs> we're talking here, though, about that God was satisfied with what Jesus did. Now we're over here in First John. I'm going to read First John three and eight from the Amplified Bible. Again, uh, real close to the Greek here it says, "But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, this is a person that practices it continually, is of the devil." takes his character from the evil one. Well, we don't do. We take our character from God. And that doesn't mean we can't sin. It just means that we're, if we're listening to God and following Him, we're not going to purposely get out in sin. And if we do miss it, we're quick to repent and quick to ask God to help us to say, Father, I'm sorry get out of this situation here. But the devil said sin from the beginning. He violated divine law. I'm in verse 8. And this is the real part I want to read. The second half of verse 8, 1 John 3 and 8. The reason the Son of God was made manifest or visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Notice that. To destroy, to loosen, to undo, to dissolve the works the devil has done. Praise God. Think about that. There's nothing the devil can try to put on you and that you can't undo it. Be removed from it. Be broke free from it Hallelujah Hallelujah (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's go over to Colossians just a minute And chapter 1 And then I'm going to get into the the meat and taters here And I'm going to have to hurry tonight But that's all right; we can do it But Colossians chapter 1 I want to look at it in the King James first And then we'll look at it in the Amplified Colossians chapter 1 And from the King James first of all Colossians 1, we'll begin in verse 12 we're talking about our redemption Is your passport to freedom. See, this represents the fact that Michael P. Jacobs is a citizen of the United States of America. I can go anywhere on this planet if they, unless they say they don't allow Americans in there or there's a war or something. They would turn me back at the border or shoot me or whatever. Try to, uh, you know, because of this. But normally, in normal proceedings, you'd go anywhere in the world with this, but you don't want to lose that because this says who you belong to. And uh, you have certain privileges being a citizen of this United States of America. And, nor- and normally everybody can get one of these unless you maybe, I don't know all the rules about uh, you know, imprisonment and felons and all that. There might be a time period or there might be certain crimes that w- you would not qualify to get one, I don't know. But all in all, when everything's right, you can go to the post office and fill out your forms and give them their 75 bucks or whatever it is or 100 and get you one of these. And then you take that with you, and that's your identification wherever you're at. And If you get in trouble in another country, and normally you can say, "I want to, I'm a United States citizen. I want to see my ambassador. You take me to the consulate." I've been in all kinds of countries over around the world, and like sometimes I know Guadalajara. They got a big. They got guards outside. They got barbed wire fence. They got twelve foot fence. All kinds of stuff, protective gear around that consulate. That's the United States of America consulate. And, baby, you got some authority there. I don't care if you're Mexican or not. You're not going to come in here and just do whatever you think, including the cartel. <laughs> I mean, they're going to fight you to the death right on the street if it takes it because you're fooling with America now. And I'm just talking to you here. See, you belong to another country. You belong to another nation. You belong to another operation. Hallelujah, spiritually speaking. You're, you're, you know, you, you're a pilgrim down here. You don't even belong here anymore. You, you're born of God. You're ready to get to heaven sometime here. Now, don't go early. Don't get excited about it and go early. But you've got a job to do here. But you take His name, the name of Jesus, and the blood of the Lamb. These are all things that are invisible to the natural eye. And yet they work. You know, I've rebuked devils and people in Russia. Commanded them to come out in the name of Jesus. And, you know, though those people didn't speak a word of English, that devil knew exactly what I was talking about and left them. I was praying for a lady down in Columbia, South America a while back. I had a big prayer line. I don't remember what it was for. And I got this lady, laid hands on her head. And all of a sudden, I said, come out of her. <laughs> I saw her head blow out here like that. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Well, my hand was still on her head. But in, in the spirit, I saw that part of her head come off. I said to her, hey, lady, what just happened to you? Through my interpreter walking with me. She said, it's the oddest thing. You know, you had your hand up here. But this one side of my head felt like it blew out. Something left me. I said, that's right. See? (laughs) She just confirmed what I already knew. Hallelujah. We're just talking about some things here. Our redemption, you're redeemed. You have a right to be delivered. You have a right to be healed. You have a right to be free of fear. You have a right to be born again. You have a right to be spirit-filled. You have a right to operate in the Spirit of God as the Spirit of God wills it for you. You have a right... To have the greater one on the inside of you who's greater than anything out here in the world or anything the world ever know about. You have the right to hear from heaven. My sheep hear, hear my voice, Jesus said, and to hear what God says to you on the inside and operate in that and do that and respond to that. You have a right to be led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Anything you hear from God and do will be held for you <laughs> in good stead. <laughs> I feel like the veranda rights you know anyway moving right along no you have some you have some tremendous power available in your redemption hallelujah and like I said sometimes even our country has been willing to almost th- throw the gauntlet down you shoot down one of our pilots in some country you either give him back oh, baby we're going to lob some missiles on your head in three days you better respond See what I'm saying? Yeah, Mr. Gaddafi, Mr. Duda in Libya, you know, he did some stuff about 25 years ago. We ran some missiles right up his house. Sent a couple jets in there and put some missiles right down his front door. Took out a family member or two. And all of a sudden he stopped. And he's at it again. He just don't learn, does he? You know, all men have the right to be saved, but some just ain't going to do it. You're going to live by Caesar's rules, you're going to get Caesar's punishment. (laughs) I'm just talking, you sound pretty rough. Well, I tell you, I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I'm not rough, but Jesus knows how to take care of His family. And we need to start realizing, we we are a citizen of the United States, but more importantly, we're a citizen of heaven. And heaven has redeemed us through Jesus Christ that's what the cross was all about to get us on the other side we were spiritually dead we were children of the devil 1st John 3 I didn't read the rest of those verses I don't have time tonight 8 through about 10 or 13 there and, and then all of a sudden Jesus came paid the price and who's received him get over on this side we're become a new creature in him a joint heir with him not a sub heir a joint heir I'm seated with him you're seated with him yeah far above all rule, authority, power and dominion. It doesn't mean you're not going to be challenged. It doesn't mean there's not going to be problems. It doesn't mean there's not going to be stuff that tries. He makes a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Still got some enemies? Oh my gosh, yes. And some of them, they might be standing by. They're just going to have to watch me eat because I'm going to enjoy what he set out. Hallelujah. Now, I'm in in Colossians 1, verse 12. King James, first of all, giving thanks unto the Father. Father, we just take a moment and give you thanks for our redemption. We thank you for it. We receive it. We bless you and thank you for redeeming our life from destruction, for taking us out of that curse and putting us into the blessing through Jesus Christ when we received you. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Giving thanks to the Father, which has made us able to be a partaker a partaker of the inheritance. We even could say a partaker of our redemption of the saints in light who hath delivered us, past tense, who hath delivered us from the authority. I'm translating some of these words as I go. Has delivered us from the authority of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom the Son, Jesus, in whom we... The believers have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And really it should be the remission of sins in the Greek. But more importantly here, Moffat says, in whom we enjoy our redemption. <laughs> we don't just know that he, we got redeemed and we can spell it and we, we show up at church on Easter. You know, I know that's not you, but I'm just kind of talking here in general terms. But we know what redemption means to us. 365 days a year and we're learning to enjoy what jesus has provided we've got this vast inheritance but if we don't know it then we can't enter in you can't enter into what you don't know and you can't know what you're not taught and even if you're taught you've got to then learn to act on it so let let me go into some things here with you here uh about about some things i want to talk about a little bit tonight i've got a few minutes left and getting late let's, let's, let's look at another scripture here though I think I want to look at this go to Acts 26 you getting anything tonight I'm talking about our redemption is our passport to freedom now you might say well pastor I heard you say that but now next Thursday you know things come up what am I going to do well keep meditating on what I'm teaching you and write these scriptures down meditate on them think about them talk to the father about them rehearse them in your mind rehearse them in your heart Speak them out. When he says, "Giving thanks that he's made us eligible to be a partaker," then thank him for it. Giving thanks. Don't get up in the morning and say, "Man, I got so much to do this week, and the bills, and uh, wow, and this, and no, don't go down that trail." Start, start talking your redemption. And start enjoying your redemption. Plug into your redemption. You know what I mean by that? Plug into it and say, "Praise God, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm a redeemed person. I'm a redeemed man or woman. I'm a redeemed young man or woman. I'm a redeemed. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That blood's cleansed me from all my sin. That blood has removed from me all my guilt." I'm going to talk to you in just a minute. Something real important. But let's see here, Acts 26 verse. Uh, uh, let's see, 16 through 18. I'm going to read it quick. But rise and stand upon thy feet. This was, God, this was Jesus talking to Paul. He's rehearsing it to uh, Agrippa here. But rise and stand upon thy feet, Acts twenty I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which you have seen and of those things which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes. and he's talking about spiritual eyes here. To open their eyes, primarily, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive remission of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. This is Jesus talking to Paul and giving him this commission to open their eyes, verse eighteen, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. In other words, to turn them where they were had been under the power of Satan, uh, now get them into faith in the power of God, yeah. and that they may receive not only just uh, remission of sins or the new birth, or that's what he's talking about there, but also an inheritance. You have a vast inheritance. Think about what we're saying here. And I'm going to give you just some highlights in just a minute. There's four things, though, that you need to understand about uh, how to appropriate. I put it in my notes here, how to appropriate redemption's realities. How do I appropriate those? I'm going to go over them quickly, and then I'm going to target three different areas that you ought to think about every day. Number one, though, how do you appropriate? Number one, you must have a knowledge of it you have to know that you're redeemed from thus and such. So the number one thing, these are some things of how to appropriate redemption's realities. I must have a knowledge of it. All right. Number two, you must confess your redemption. You must speak it. You must talk it. You must say it. I think it's Psalm 107 verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, you need to say, I am redeemed. You know, to yourself, in your insides, with your voice, with your Uh, vocabulary I am redeemed from this hallelujah if you have debt lay it out on the kitchen table and say I'm redeemed from debt I'm believing to be pay these bills I'm believing to get everything caught up I'm believing I'm calling for the finances that I need father I'm a tither I'm an offering giver and start pleading your case and talking to those things I'm redeemed from poverty well, Pastor, you just don't realize what, you know, I've been through. Well, maybe you don't realize what I've been through. Come on. I certainly don't get up here every day and tell you what I'm dealing with in, internally, constantly. And when I tried to, the Lord jumped me out about it. A couple of years back, I told you how I felt about a lot of stuff, you know, just at the tip of the iceberg, and He wouldn't let me get any deeper in the berg. <laughs> you better shut up. You're really going to mess some things up here. And I was disturbed. I was irritated. I was dealing with a lot of stuff. And finally, because, you know, just deal with it day in, and day out, day in. See, see, I'm thinking more about the darkness than I am the light at that moment. Trying to help you. And before I knew it, it slipped down into my heart and slipped down into my mouth, started coming out. I find myself getting up, saying things, I... And at first I said, I shouldn't have said that, you know. I felt beat up about that, just so you know I'm human, just like you. Yeah. And then, and, and that went on for a couple of weeks. And then I got in prayer one, one day. Of course, I'd been praying all that time, but he didn't interrupt me. But after I did that a couple of times, he stopped me in prayer one day and said, I want to talk to you. Well, I knew I'd had it when he talks to me like that. I want to talk to you. He said, you better stop that. You better stop it right now what why because I'm not talking redemption see I'm starting to talk the problem and though I felt every feeling I felt oh my goodness I could have said a whole lot more back then you don't know how much restraint I was using about a lot of things bugging me right then just being honest with you there's a lot of things and sometimes things try to bug you but here's the key first you got to know have a knowledge of what you're redeemed from secondly you need to confess your redemption Got to confess it. You got to talk it. What? Well, remember we studied in this church, this church right here. If you were here, if you weren't, you should have been here. Psalm ninety-one. Unless you're on vacation or sick, you should have been here. Uh, Psalm ninety-one said, "I will say of the Lord, I will say." I'm not going to just read Psalm ninety-one. I will say, of "The Lord, He's my refuge, He's my fortress, He's my God, in Him will I trust. Surely I'm delivered from the snare of the fowler and the, and the missile that flies in the daytime." and, and all the other stuff You've got to say it That's my point Number three You've got to act on the word of God You've got to act on it I'm getting to the main things in just a minute You've got to act on the word Once you know the truth You've got to act on it How many understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Hebrews 4 and 2 says They heard the word preached Hebrews 4 and 2 I'm not going to turn here They heard the word preached But it didn't profit them Now we've already found out from the Bible when we're in the Word and the Word's in us, it's supposed to bring profit. Not just financial, that's one area, but peace and strength and and fulfillment and all whatever that Word that we're studying says to us, it's supposed to bring that to us. Right? But he said the Word is preached, but they didn't mix their faith with it and it did them no good at all. See, you've got to guard yourself because you could know some things and even start to say some things, but then you're not acting on it. You're not acting like it's so. Not just you're talking, but your actions show that you're not really... Well, I don't know about that. That's a little big for me. Huh? See? You heard the Word preached, and I'm just giving you the keys that I found out. I have to know it. I have to confess it. I have to act on the Word. James 2 says... the a lot of the passage in James 2 about 17 through 26 says faith without works is dead faith without corresponding actions produce nothing that's what my translation would say if you gave me permission that's what I'd say faith without corresponding actions don't mean anything see I've got to act on what I believe hallelujah then fourth, I've got to learn to stand. Having done everything, stand. And Galatians five and one says, stand fast in the liberty. Galatians five and one, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made liberty. What does that sound like freedom? Yeah. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not again entangled in a yoke of bondage. So I've got to know what my redemption provides. I've got to talk about it to myself. If you have somebody that's spiritual you can talk to, that's helpful. You can talk further about it to them, and you guys can talk it and get an agreement, and you know share some things and insights and mingle them together if they're scriptural, or take the correction from whoever you're telling if they need to correct you. Uh, But here's the point: is you got to you got to know it, you got to confess it, you got to act on it, and you got to stand. See, sometimes you know I've done everything I know to do, and the Lord this was years ago, and still today He reminds me. Well, just stand. Do you do what I tell you to do about that, Michael? yes sir then stand yeah but no that's not what I said yeah but I said did you do everything I told you to do about that yes sir then stand just stand you just keep standing in your faith you keep standing in the way that you know you went that's right you keep standing in that confession you keep standing in that acting you keep acting like it's so talking like it's so believing me it's so and just stand you know, their Old Testament passage says there was a long battle between the house of David which represented the spirit and the house of Saul which represents the flesh. It said, but the house of David waxed stronger and stronger and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Sometimes it's just got to be that way. I'd like to tell you, it'll all be over in a moment of time. Now what Jesus did happen in a moment of time but we're walking in the revelation of it and we're learning to get a hold to it as I'm teaching you and as you know a little about redemption because we've taught you. But sometimes you're going to have to do all those things and then just stand. You're just going to stand. You're not going to get nervous about it. You're not going to let the devil threaten you about it. You're not going to run off and, and, run, and start complaining about it that it doesn't look like what it looks like. No, you're not supposed to be talking about what it looks like anyway. You're supposed to be telling what you want based on what God said you can have. There's a lot more we can say, but I've got to hurry up here. I've got three areas I want to cover. and I really don't have much time, but I want to talk to you about it. Remember, redemption is your passport to freedom. Number one, in redemption, this is what redemption provides. Number one, sin's authority has been broken. The authority of sin to try to dominate you let me say it this way how about a habit how about a bondage and that doesn't always mean what, maybe just what you do or what you allow yourself to do but the way you think how about your feelings oh man that was, that's a hard one for me I mean it has been to, to manage my feelings and make my feelings no you don't count it's do, just do what I need to do your feelings don't count here you're just going to have to do what the word says my feelings trying to scream at me you don't need to act like you don't know what I'm saying I know better yeah but see sin and habits and bondage has been broken your redemption gives you the ability to run roughshod over sin and habits and bondages and break through them come out the other side without them I don't want to give the devil too much credit at all I don't want to give him any credit but Romans 6 will tell you that if you read Romans 6 and read it thoroughly especially about verses 6 through about 14 or I would just read the whole chapter there's only 18 or 19 verses I think in that chapter Romans 6 says sin shall not have dominion over you Man. that's some big stuff so any sin any habit anything like that that's a sin which is disobedience to God's word or maybe the things you're thinking about in your head you know something like we've been teaching on family we're going to get deeper into some of that fantasies people have in their head that aren't good fantasies You've got to, you have ability to control that let me ask you when you go home tonight do you have ability to control your TV or does it just automatically come on and put the worst show on for you no you have a remote you got a key into it well you got, a, you got authority your brain and your spirit is stronger it's your remote of your being and you can say no I'm not going to watch that I'm not going to do that I'm not going to think this way I'm not, I'm not just talking about TV I'm talking about anything that's a, a habit or a bondage or it brings you under authority you see a redemption delivers you makes you free from sin's authority to dominate you now, I understand that sin can get a hold of people's flesh, get in their mind. Sometimes devils get involved, but still, yeah, see, so you could be delivered. Yeah. If that was the case, you don't have to live like that your whole life. No, redemption provides the fact that sin no longer has dominion over you. Number two, sickness and disease, as far as you're concerned, has been defeated. Now we understand people are sick and we understand people go to the hospital and get medicine and all that. We're not putting that down. We know that, uh, that medicine can help. You know the Bible says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So We're not putting down medicine or surgeries or whatever people need. But we're trying to show you what's included in redemption. And we read part of it earlier in, Ma- in uh, Isaiah 53 and then Matthew eight seventeen says He took our infirmities and bore our diseases or bore our infirmities. He took it say he took it yes. well if he took it and he redeemed me from it then he has it I don't have to have it Amen. the Bible says in Galatians 3 we're redeemed there it is again redeemed Galatians three thirteen from the curse of the law Deuteronomy 28 you go back later and read all the curse that's listed under Deuteronomy 28 and if that isn't enough for us it says at the end there and any other disease that's not listed here is covered too in that curse and Jesus redeemed us or made us free from all the sicknesses all the diseases and I don't care what else they come up with you know things escalate you know when we were a teenager there was three three STDs that I remember I won't mention them all of them are disgusting but I think there's like 35 or 40 of them today and some of them are pretty mean all of them are bad we're redeemed we're redeemed I got a piece of paper from somebody in a church that gave me a readout from the microbiology department of a university hospital where they do lab work HIV positive the count on it uh, six years ago on the viral thing of HIV and as of late it says zero, non-detectable. It was something like 48,600. Back in, whatever, 205 or something like that. So see, God, He's got ability to do that. But we need to understand not just in that realm, but any kind of sickness or disease, we're redeemed. You've got you to renew your mind to this. This isn't like, hey, praise God, I'm redeemed. I'm never going to get challenged. Because that's just not true. And we're learning more about it all the time, how to walk in our health and our, our, our healing. And Matthew 9, 20, uh, uh, Matthew 9, I think it's 35, says He healed every sickness and every disease. So we have the right, because of Jesus and His redemption, He redeemed us from sickness and disease. Now, I know sickness and diseases out there in the world, but listen, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Remember, we're, we're a citizen of another kingdom that provides safety from those things if we'll walk in the light of our covenant, if we'll walk in the light of the Word. If you listen to me, are you listening? Yes, There's ways we can open a door to the devil, we know that, but I'm talking about we can all get there eventually where we are walking in health and wholeness in every area of our being that's where we're headed that's where we're going that's the standard I'm preaching because the Bible says that he came to make us whole W-H-O-L-E until he comes not when he comes until he comes spirit, soul, body so I have the right to be made whole you have the right to be made whole you know you might look and say well my parents, my grandparents all my cousins all my nephews and nieces and all my brothers they're all crazy well you know what I mean you have to be crazy or they're all sick. I had somebody recently, I prayed for them. And see, they, they don't know much yet, bless their hearts. So I was kind, but I was firm. Because they said, well, I just got done praying for this person. And the friend of theirs said, well, don't you know all their families had this disease or that disease? I said, what does that have to do with what I just did? Are you paying attention? Yeah, but I thought there's generational curses. I said, listen, you, you need to get your head around this. You're a new creature. Get your faith on that. You're a new creature. What I took care of there, I took care of it. Don't matter about generational nothing. Get your mind on the fact that we just ministered deliverance to your girlfriend here and get in faith with me about it. Stay on track with me, buddy. I could have said some more, but I and I'm pulling it back now cuz you you know, sometimes people get offended when you tell even you get offended and you're not even in the situation. I'm delivered from you. I love you, but I'm delivered from you, just so you know that. All right. I'm trying to get to this last one here, the most important one in a way to a lot of things because there's such, and a doctor brought this out. He didn't say this exactly. He said, what he said was, and I saw this coming a few years ago, uh, uh, like, it was like, I don't know if I'd call it cages but like something with demon powers in it and somebody opened all those doors and those demons just started flying out and doing stuff in the earth. Of course, it's, I also saw at the same time God upgrading the angelic activity in the earth <laughs> and raising up others besides myself, but I know me, to teach this on angelic help. But here's what I wanted to say. There's such an onslaught right now of fear trying to infiltrate into the church listen to what I'm saying I know what I'm talking about and nobody wants to admit they're fearful But then sometimes they don't even know it's fear that's doing it the devil so camouflaged himself in people's lives they don't even realize it's him but the strength of fear in your redemption the strength of fear has been broken the spirit of fear has been broken now let's look over here to Hebrews 2 a minute Let me show you something I just, I just give me like uh, 5 or 10 minutes here I'm almost at 8 o'clock I don't know how we got this late so quick But I don't know about you I've enjoyed it tonight I got a couple of things to say If you give me a moment I'll just quote some things But Hebrews 2 And uh, here's one of my favorite verses 14 and 15 from the Amplified Bible The King James does a good job But the Amplified's better Since therefore these His children share in flesh and blood... Talking about us. We're in flesh and blood bodies. In the physical nature of human beings. He Himself... I'm reading from the Amplified, Hebrews 2.14. He Himself, Jesus, in a similar manner partook of the same nature that by going through death He might bring to naught and make of no effect Him who had the power of death, that is the devil and also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. Listen to me, and it's interesting he says this, there's more to it than what I'm saying, but I'm emphasizing this, completely set free from fear. See, a lot of people are fearful of what hadn't even come yet. I don't know if this marriage is going to make it. I don't know when I get old if anybody's going to love me. I don't know if I get old I'm going to have some money. I don't know if I get older if I'm going to... Sometimes you're you're not saying it verbally. You might know better to suppress that. But on the inside of you in your heart, that's what you're thinking. And so that's what you are thinking. And if you think it long enough and you're in the right moment when you're not around somebody that would straighten you out, that will pop out of your mouth. They don't even have to pop out of your mouth for it to come to being because if you believe it you're going to have it fear has <laughs> been broken God is not what does Second Timothy say God's not giving me the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind but you've got to stay on that constantly because fear will try to make an inroad into your life and it won't just come with a big red hat with a feather with a tag around its neck I am fear how would you like me today? and then run in the closet and change his clothes come back, Hi, how do you like me now? Listen, I, I mean that fear get a hold of you. Now, fear, you and I have absolute control over our own mind. You need to know that. Fear will distort things because the devil doesn't want you to recognize him. You and I must exercise our authority over any bondage that we find in our life. Fear tries to counsel you and dictate to you how you live. Think about that. Fear tries to dictate to you and counsel you how you can live. Fear is an open door to the enemy. See, I'm talking about we've been redeemed from this, but this is the way fear does. You know Job 3, what is it, Job 3, 25, 26? I'm not turning there. The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. So if something comes up in your mind and you know it doesn't produce peace, immediately you ought to attack it. You ought to cast down that imagination because it's coming up against the knowledge of God or the knowledge of your redemption. Yeah, but what about this? They don't have a cure for that. What if I got that? Oh, God's got a cure for everything. And if you'll do it right and start getting established in it and rooted and grounded in it, the thing won't ever get a foothold. But if you give fear a foothold, it'll continue to take more and more territory in your life. I jokingly used to say when I taught on deliverance, but it isn't too funny because I've met people like this, that first... You know, well, I I just don't feel comfortable driving no more. And then I don't feel comfortable riding my bike anymore. And that's it. Pretty soon you're sitting in the closet slobbering with shoes on your ears. Because you're just a looney tune. Fear will just take a little bit at a time until it totally puts you back in the corner where you're not effective for anything anymore. And some people are pretty good at dressing up and acting like they got faith and talking here and there a little bit of faith and on the inside they're just whipped and beaten and destroyed almost. That's, that should never happen to us. We are redeemed. Yeah. Jesus paid the price to redeem you and me. And we got to take a stand against fear. Give me another three or four minutes. I know what time it's getting to be, but listen to me just a second here. Fear comes just because fear comes into your life doesn't mean you did anything wrong see what's doing is fear is trying to get you to bite on something trying to get you you know like a good fisherman trying to get the fish got different lures well that didn't work too good how about this one this one's got some green in it I bet and red and yellow he'll like that see and the devil just keep working you know we're not giving him credit we're just showing you his tactics if you don't do that, then he's always constantly trying to get you to pull aside, and distracted, distorted, maybe not even recognizing it's fear. But because fear comes, it doesn't mean we did anything wrong. It just means he's enticing you to get you into fear. What are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do about this? What are we gonna do about that? Oh my gosh, what how much more could happen? I know you don't talk like that. You're smarter than that. But we felt like that a few times in our life, have we not? Anybody else honest here felt like it? How much more is going to break loose? You know, you didn't talk that way. You're smarter than that. I'm smarter than that. I don't talk like that. But I'm just giving an illustration. You know, sometimes just seem like just all hell, oppression and stuff comes and mentally and stuff like that. Got to stand against it and not be afraid i'm a pretty big boy you know i mean not uh, i haven't achieved everything yet but i mean i'm not normally a chicken or scaredy and you know i was over in another foreign country and went to bed one night and got got in bed had a horrific nightmare i've only had one other that rivaled it in my life and and uh you know and and i couldn't i couldn't get out of it i was in this uh, nightmare and i couldn't get out i was asleep and, and somehow, eventually I woke up and I jumped up out of the bed and I said, I know you, I know who you are. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. It took me about a minute and a half to get my bearings. And just to try to buzz me a little bit more, the window was open that I had shut personally before I went to bed. Just to try to blow my head out. And I said, no, you don't, no, you don't, you filthy liar. Get out of here in the name of it, Don't you come back. I stayed up for a little bit too not out of fear just praying in the Holy Ghost Are you fool with and hallelujah. hallelujah see now you you know we didn't now, now I don't go every time I go sleep in a hotel room I go oh my God I hope I don't happen again no I don't talk like that you heard about Smith Wigglesworth he got rooted and grounded in faith Smith Wigglesworth he was sleeping and he heard something he rolled over and he said it was the devil in manifestation sitting in the chair and he said oh it's only you and went back to sleep Somebody told Dr. Summerall about something the devil tried to do. Said, just send him over to my place. They knew, they knew their authority. See, but fear. Uh, brother, brother Summerall was staying somewhere. I don't know, it was Switzerland or somewhere over in the Europe in a castle type thing. They put him in a bedroom way up high and the, the devil came and started moving his bed. He jumped out of bed and said, You put it back right now. Before you leave, you put it back. And he shoved it back where it was. now get out. Well, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm trying to help you to see you have authority over fear. Those men weren't—they weren't anything beyond what we are. They just believed the Word better. They just believed in their redemption stronger. I'm sure if they were here, they'd tell you that. I said, if they were here, they'd tell you that. You know being raised in a house of faith Both biologically and spiritually Has advantages When you can see how faith works And how it operates and what it looks like That should be a precious thing to you If you've been around somebody in faith And somebody that understands faith That should be a valuable commodity to you Much more important than a lot of other things Fear threatens us with possibilities And then leaves us hanging there what about this and what about that? Fear of somebody leaving. A fear that uh, about money and tithing. A fear of our past. I wrote this down. Pastor Nancy talked about the fear of the past and the meaning I was in, but I wrote this. Fear of the past, she said, and then I said, it affects your present and it curtails your future. When you're always thinking about back then when something happened, back then, back then, back then. See, you're not living in the current revelation of your redemption hallelujah now I want you to listen to me learn, this is the end of it learn to let go of your past whatever it is Psalm 77 verse 2 said uh, I I remembered my past and I began to complain and it overwhelmed my spirit And, and Psalm 77 2 talks about I refuse to be comforted don't let the devil, don't, don't take on to him. Take into the Word and don't be like David there. He quotes that, my soul refused to be comforted. Let the Spirit of God comfort you. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 said, this one thing I do, forgetting my past. Philippians 3, 13 and 4, and pressing on to my future. And I, I want to leave you with something here in a minute. It says, praying, praying in the Holy Ghost will help you Pray out all your previous hurts so that fear will not get a stronghold. Praying in the Holy Ghost will help you pray out the hurts of the past so that the devil will not get a stronghold in the area of fear. Now, go with me if you would like to Ephesians 2 and 10. I'm going to close with this scripture. I'm done. I'm putting my papers up and everything to show you how true I am about it. I'm talking about Ephesians 2 Ephesians 2 here and a verse I think it's verse 10 and I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible did you get anything tonight? <laughs> it says here we are God's own handiwork I'm reading from the Amplified We're, Ephesians two ten. we are God's own handiwork His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus see when I read that I think recreated I've been redeemed Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. What I want you to get out of that is He's got paths for you to walk on that are far above fear, far above sickness, far above sin see because of your redemption you've been redeemed you can live the good life if you'll stand in your redemption and say sin you're not going to have authority over me I'm not going to yield to you I refuse to yield to you yeah but wouldn't you say no I wouldn't I'm not in Jesus name if you have to speak to it and talk to it talk to it no in Jesus name I refuse to let that entice me I refuse to allow that to pull me aside I refuse to allow myself to get in fear How am I? I don't know how I could ever What am I going to do about this and What am I going to do about that when, you think, when you're thinking What am I going to do about that I can tell you what you're doing You're in unbelief Now it isn't a sin to have that thought But it's a sin to stay and meditate on it And let it get a, be a part of your being you have to cast those thoughts down. If it was a sin just to have a thought, that'd be different, but that's not true. But you can begin to deal with those thoughts and say, No, my God shall supply. I may not know how or when or how He's going to orchestrate all that, but I know my God shall supply. I know today, you know, we went to a meeting. Just to, and I'm just talking on, on money level right now. Went to a meeting, and God dealt with me and pastor to do something special for Dr. Dufresne. That doesn't sound unreasonable. We do that all the time. I'm not bragging on us. I'm just, I'm thankful. See, I'm around somebody that I appreciate and that puts something in me and that stands with me and that I'm looking to. He corrects me. He loves me. He instructs me. He teaches me. Sometimes I get a spanking. Sometimes I get edified. Most of the time I'm encouraged. And really all the time I'm encouraged because he loves me. He's not going to let me stay where I'm at. he isn't always just speaking to me directly but he's speaking to a con- and I'm in that meeting and I think oh I need to correct that and anyway God spoke to us to do something and we got back and Diana we, somebody gave us some cards today thank you by the way and some handshakes thank you and we went back in the office and said hey praise God I needed some money to pay a bill here it is hallelujah, hallelujah. and lunch too yeah oh yeah that's right we went to a restaurant not unbeknown to us that somebody was there from our church and all of a sudden the waiter came back and said hey the your lunch has been taken care of i said well switch mine up to a ribeye then We? (laughs) no i didn't (laughs) that's a little joke and you're not getting many jokes from me you ought to take advantage of it (laughs) somebody here tonight was in another booth and they said take care of it I went over and thanked him. He said, you sure you don't want dessert? And I said, no, but thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, what I'm trying to say. See, we're talking about not getting in fear. Not getting in fear about my giving. If I could give this, then probably there's other stuff here that's going to have to come. That's right, and that's how it does come, by my giving. I'm not just giving to get. I'm giving out of obedience and honor. But when I do give, all of a sudden it just comes all around us, doesn't it, Diana? Yeah. Just all stuff, stuff comes that we didn't expect. I mean, inspect like, you know, just, okay, we're coming to church today. We're believing God for $250 or something. That's not the way we operate, Pastor and I. We come here to feed you, help you, love you, encourage you, give to you. But what I'm saying is in your personal life, my per, if you learn to stay on the right side of things and not let fear get in you, and we'll obey what God tells you to do, See, somehow or another it just begins to escalate. Because we're redeemed. I said we're redeemed. My goodness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming our life from destruction by the power of the Holy Ghost. Did you get anything out of this? Hallelujah. I want you to meditate on that this week about what we've taught today. You're redeemed. What it means to be redeemed. I want you to, if you can, come Tuesday, we're probably going to talk about prayer, and uh, maybe I'll be praying for people, you know, if you'd like to pick up the prayer torch with us, the prayer baton, and make yourself a person of prayer, you know, we're not teaching, you know, everything about prayer in one session, but we're just talking about prayer in general, and probably how to pray for me, and how to pray for our church, and things like that, that would be a good thing to pray about, wouldn't it, and we'll see how the Lord leads us. Let's stand up together a minute, would you with me?